Statements made in CBD and poetry podcasts have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Non-prescription CBD is not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any disease or medical conditions. The CBD and poetry discussion is not intended as medical advice and should not substitute advice from a healthcare professional. But I do think we lost something huge when we lost our understanding of our relationship to nature. How did you first cross paths with CBD? A lot of people have come to it recently, da da da, capitalism and all that. But for me, this is ancient. This is this is my ancestry. So, well, tell us, tell us about your world. I love that answer. Well, um, in the indigenous community, there are healers, and it happens that uh, my grandmother, my mother's mother. Uh, was a healer. She was the person in that uh, barrio where she lived, not just in her barrio, there was, you know, people from around the town would come to her for any, pretty much anything. So she was uh, Obamacare before there was an Obama. So mm-hmm. it's just something that the healers do is to use nature, which is really what I'm most interested in is the extent to which we are interacting with nature, part of nature, rather than putting ourselves above nature. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the notion of healing with plants, that's been my whole, my whole life, really. My mother would eat. It's interesting because if we needed to go to a doctor, my parents took us to a doctor. We didn't go to a curandera for for our needs as children. Uh, But for most minor things that people deal with, my mother had some plant that she could use, or even my dad had, you know, my dad was Anglo. He wasn't from the indigenous culture, but uh, his people also had held on to their knowledge of plants and, and how to use them. And, you know, and my dad was kind of nerdish also, though. So he would, he would also check on the, the actual science of it. Like, like he understood, you know, how what um, quinine has to do with grapefruits. So okay. if he was getting sick, he was, he was going to uh, boil a grapefruit rind and drink that. Because okay. that's where the quinine is. So anyway, so that's that. It's just it's just been my life. That's um, my mother had a variety of treatments as well. For so your maternal grandmother was a curandera, which is a healer. Yes. And did you grow up around her, or did you live in a different uh, city? I really didn't grow up watching her do what she does. If that's what you're asking, mm-hmm. no, no, I did not. Okay, where did she live? I got was from my mother. It was through my mother because my mother had grown up with her and knew she knew. Oh, you have a cough here. Let's go get the purple sage. You know, like she she knew um, things. You know, things like 
aloe, it was really funny to me, even now, to to buy aloe in a package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, because because we you know we know it's just out there out there in the yard. Um, anyway, you were about to ask me something else. So it was beyond just home remedies, because that's kind of popular culture now. Home remedies. But that's this, not my fault. Right. No, no, no. What I'm, I'm, out, what I'm pointing out is that uh-huh. this is something that's new to a lot of people. It right. is not new to me. And it is mm-hmm. not new to people of my background. It's not new. It's kind of like, oh, well, there they are capitalizing on something else that we've just been using forever, you know. So, yeah, I just, I have, I think, a little bit different perspective because of that. Okay. And so for your your parents came from two different backgrounds yes was there a culture clash when it came to medicine like i would i would call it western medicine versus indigenous medicine for lack of a better well i just um no they didn't they didn't clash about it they agreed pretty easily they they talked you know and we would hear them talking talking it through when it when was it uh, necessary to go to uh, a med school doctor? And when was it okay to lean on the, the remedies? You know, and even doctors will tell you the vast majority of things we go to doctors for would cure themselves, whether we went to a doctor or not. Mm. I think most doctors, what I, you know, in fact, my doctors have been really good about that. I think. They don't have overinflated egos in that regard. So what would be the deciding factor of if you went through, would you call it traditional medicine versus med school doctor? Uh, I like to just call it indigenous. Every one of us has indigenous ancestry. Every one of us does. Mm-hmm. There's there's nobody on the planet who does not have such ancestry, which means we all come from a lineage where people used nature in their own healing. In fact, uh, one of you know one of the things when they were colonizing here was the dependence on the Native Americans to teach the people who were coming in which plants to use for what and what was poisonous and. You know, all of that. That's one of the um, main things. Was Sacagawea the woman who who went across the continent on the expedition? I think it was. I think that was her name. I think so, too. That was one of the things she brought. That was one of the things she did was that she could help them by knowing the plants and knowing how to use them. yeah, she was a healer also. People don't talk about that very much, but she was. So, But it's not just indigenous, we think, oh, Indians, and it's not. We all come mm-hmm. from cultures that preceded this modern world that we live in now with our computers and everything. And we've let go of a lot of knowledge in the process of getting to our computers. But there are still people who hold on to those things. Uh, and, you know, it's been impossible to keep 100% of it, and I'm not advocating that, that we should. Um, but I do think we lost something huge when we lost our understanding of our relationship to nature. 
I think, and you're you're certainly have a stronger background in this than I do, but in what I know about history, people tend to think, oh, it's progress, what we're doing modern times. So when we think of, well, this is the modern way to communicate, or this is the modern way to heal, we forget that didn't just come out of a vacuum. There was always an analog way to do something. And it wasn't exactly, when we get the new shiny thing, it's not necessarily better, it's the new shiny thing. (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly 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 yeah so i'm i'm really interested in how for indigenous healers they would access things because now it's it's like you said you're you can buy prepackaged aloe for example people can purchase prepackaged things they don't have to grow their own plants they don't have to extract it in some cases, they don't know what's been added in, how it's been manufactured. Yeah, yeah. So for the indigenous way of doing things, there was more of a relationship with the healer and knowing the background of, generally speaking, the environment in which whatever was being offered as advice is given to the person who's seeking it. Yeah, what I'm trying to emphasize is that the, the, the key relationship was the healer to the natural setting in which they lived mm-hmm. and thrived because they understood, you know, their little, their little piece of the planet. Mm-hmm. They understood what it produced and they understood the balance within that, their part of the planet so that they... They knew which plants did what and how much you could use. There are some plants that it's healing if it's this amount mm-hmm. and it's, it's toxic if it's a greater amount. Agreed. Agreed. So, that was, it's, so it's not just a relationship between people. There's a relationship between human beings and our environment. And that's part of what we lost. Uh, in becoming uh, modern and, you know, what we think of and refer to as progress Mm -hmm. uh, does mean we let go of some things. And that's one of the things that we let go of is that understanding of nature, of this planet that we're living on. Mm -hmm. Now, if you, and you don't have to answer this specifically, but, the way I pose the question, it won't make sense unless I, I make it sound specific. If you had a reason to use CBD, would you be comfortable with purchasing something off the shelf or would you go to someone who practice uh, indigenous healing? I would go to a healer. I, I would not go to Walgreens. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't stop at the, I wouldn't be writing down the address off the little CBD sign on the corner. No, I I would go to a healer. Now, it's interesting you should say that. And my next statement or question that I'd like for you to respond to is that a lot of different um, CBD companies take great pains and pride in saying, oh, this was derived from these plants that were in this location and this is the formulation and... Does that have any influence on your choice? No. Okay. No. 
but but in all fairness i should i should reveal that uh i'm not i'm not the standard that people <laughs> that marketers are looking at when they're marketing when they're developing their marketing i'm i'm um i ask too many questions and it makes people uncomfortable so and that's I, precisely a, not, why i wanted not, to interview you yeah, but that, but that also is a, a just. I'm just throwing that out there as kind of a disclaimer: is that I'm not, I'm not typical. So, you know, I could imagine somebody else saying, "Oh, but it said American Shaman," and I'm like, "Well, what the hell is that? Like, you know, what what does that even mean?" Um, and they don't know. They won't know. They'll just think they see those two words, and they mm-hmm. and, and that's enough of the marketing to get them uh, hooked in. So, um, no, I would, I would, I would look for people in the indigenous community who are holding on to those practices. Mm -hmm. Do you still have relatives who are curanderas? Um, not that I know of. But it would be easy enough for you to, through your network of friends and family. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I didn't mean to imply that mm-hmm. my family was the only connection. Oh um, no, I, I understand that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it's possible that in my extended cousins there are people who are practicing, but it's not something you get on a computer and say, "Hey, I'm doing this." You know, like I guess some people would, but for the most part, it's a very humble practice and pretty low key. So it's possible i would ask around in in my uh in my family but Mm -hmm. not if i was looking for something for myself right now i would i have other connections that i would go through to do that okay now in in your work you study different cultures is that right uh i wouldn't call it my work okay I am a sociologist by training, but in fact, I've been a sociologist since I was a young child. It just, it is the way I operate in the world. I'm very curious about um, the people around me and understanding what they're doing and how it came to be the way that it is. And I have a capacity for understanding institutions, social institutions, which isn't just corporations and buildings, but mm-hmm. the, whole, the whole notion of family, the notion of religion, those are social institutions. Those are the building blocks that, that are uh, the makeup. That's the foundation of any, any culture, any na- nationality. Um, and I'm very aware of them and interested in them, curious about them. So, which is why I mentioned earlier running into the student in the grocery store. And that was just it. Like, it was such a short conversation, but we could say things to each other as sociologists. And, um, yeah, so that just felt good to be able to have that kind of analysis discussion at that level, which sounds very intellectual, but at the heart of sociology is a real caring about human beings and human society. Um, So it's not just a uh, detached analytical discussion. It's very real world. 
Okay. Now, somewhat going from that perspective, if someone came to you, and, and I would love to be a fly on the wall if they ever approached you and say, hey, I've got this thing called CBD, and this is new thing, and you should try it, and you would da da da. How would you politely, I don't know, inform <laughs> them? <laughs> <laughs> this really isn't the new shiny thing. <laughs> how how would you, in a way, put them in their place, or at least give them the context of this is, this is around for centuries? As a matter of fact, let me tell you about my culture. Yeah, that's that's my tendency is to be very direct. I don't I don't think we're respecting people if we're not being direct. So if somebody thinks they're going to come up to me and speak that directly to me, mm-hmm. I would be just as direct right back with them and just let them know this is not something new. It's been around forever. And, um, you know, I come from a lineage of curanderas who've been using it in different ways forever. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess yeah. I'm trying to get you to tell us, the questions that you would ask such I a wouldn't. I don't find them interesting. <laughs> thing because I don't find them interesting. And and they're coming well, think about it. They're coming at me with an attitude of let me tell you, let me tell you. So I don't have any indication this is a person who is open. So if this person is not open then for me, it's how much of my energy am I going to spend trying to open them up? This is not my crusade. So Mm -hmm. I would not feel any inclination to try to enlighten them or educate them. I would, I would just say, no, that's, you know, and then it's in their ballpark. So if they would go, Oh, wow. And then we engaged in a conversation, then we could have a conversation. So I'm not opposed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how, it, if, if you're imagining a conversation, that's how it would have to unfold because, you know, as I just said, I, I don't, it's not my crusade to go teach the world because my experience is that the vast majority are really not interested. They're really not open. So I, I would be looking for signs of somebody being open. That's a good okay. question, Teresa. I know. Well, it it, it kind of helps that you and I have talked before on different things. And I must admit, I'm always in awe the level of depth that you can go into relating this thing to another thing. I mean, if this was a conversation we were having about religion, I would be asking you questions about that. But it's just, and of course, you have the formal training, but also as a child, you grew up. It's been my whole life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I lived in a a household where it was okay to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Both my parents were okay that I asked so many questions. I mean, it, it, at times, I'm sure they were, they were a little nervous because they're like, I don't know how the hell to answer that one. You know, you could kind of see it on their faces, you know, sometimes, but they never told me to quit asking questions. So, Were yeah. they also professors or associates? No, 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 no. They were both high school graduates who just had a deep appreciation of 
knowledge. Were they avid readers or travelers? How, how did they access knowledge mostly? Um, my dad was constantly reading. Um, both my parents read the newspaper daily and watched the watched Walter Cronkite every night, you know, so. So did my parents. I'm familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was, that was the norm in our household. So we always knew what was going on, you know, from a worldview all the way down to our tiny little town on the border. Um, being informed was part of being in the community, or that was my assumption. It wasn't till later that I understood that most people weren't given that uh, appreciation Mm-hmm. of information in and of itself. Now, when you said the border, you're talking about the Texas-Mexico border? Yes. Crossing the border. I would always cross through my, with my car. So you just, you just gave me a flashback there <laughs> of the border. And I was just wondering, wow, I wonder if she lived in Laredo or McAllen. To, and I know there's more border towns than Laredo and McAllen, but that's... Those are the two ways I, I crossed. I I, the US I have not lived in Laredo, nor have I lived in McAllen. Uh, I didn't the the valley, McAllen and Brownsville and all that. Mm-hmm. That's the valley. Actually, Laredo is like the northernmost edge of what they call the valley. It's not really part of the valley, but mm-hmm. probably the northernmost edge. That was the first war- kind of a nowhere where I where I grew up was more of a semi arid. Um, nowhere. Um, it's west of San Antonio, okay. south of San Angelo, and north of Laredo. And everything west of there was desert. I mean, you're headed towards uh, Big Bend when you leave Del Rio, where I grew up. Okay. That's a real specific geography. Now, do you grow your own plants? Whether they're healing plants or just food or decoration. I I don't know what we call decorative plants. I have some plants. Um, My mother had the talent for the plants, which is part of the curanderismo. You know, my ex-husband used to talk about that because he lived in Mexico. Mm -hmm. He's this this white guy from southern Louisiana, but... um, he lived there and he loved the culture, which is why he went to live there when he did. But uh, he, he said he figured out who the, um, the witches were, which is, you know, the, the, it's an, another way of thinking about the curanderas. He wasn't being, uh, he wasn't demeaning or anything like that. That's really how some people refer to them. But he said, you always know where they are because <laughs> they're, their properties are so lush, no matter what else is around them. There's so many plants just everywhere because it's part of what, of what they do and what they use. So my mother had that knack um, for growing plants. So I do have plants in the house and out in the yard and stuff. Um, and the reason I laughed is because I've been wanting to put in a garden, but by the time the weather cooperated and I had all my stuff together, this 
COVID-19 thing happened and I'm not supposed to be going to nurseries. Like, I think there's some that are open and are finding their ways of selling their goods. But so I, I don't have vegetables going right now. I've done that in the past, but I don't have any edibles right now. Okay. Okay. Well, Gracie, as always, it is a true gift and pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective on this whole CBD phenomenon, which is not shiny and new. (laughs) (laughs) That's primarily why I wanted to interview you, because I knew you would bring a very, very different perspective to this conversation. Okay. You're quite welcome, Teresa. I'm glad you're doing this, and I wish you well. Thank you. The latest, hottest trend has been known to indigenous healers for centuries. Now, prepackaged home remedies for general consumption, traditional knowledge lost when we embrace the computer, looking for the American shaman. What the hell does that even mean? True understanding lies in unplugging, grounding into the earth, into the long line of curanderas.